The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. to retro i'm one of your hosts i'm john d townsend i'm joined by uh not apparently i think he forgot his raccoon skinned hat is mr matt johnson what's up johnny oh whoa that's not matt who who is this this no no you're not following me from a different show are you you're damn right i am oh no Uh, for you that do not know I do another show called the panel discussion and there's this creature, this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch how you talk about me. Watch how you talk about me. It's Stooley Steve. What, what do you want Stooley? Why, why are you following me here to, on to retro pop? I'm in the middle of a panty raid. Oh, no. <laughs> Stooley, get out of my chair. Get out of my chair. Wait, why are oh. you in a panty raid at my house? You sick freak. I, well, if you listen to the panel discussion, I don't think he knows where you're supposed to go for those. <laughs> Is that what happened? I haven't listened yet. What what happened on the panel this week? It's a bit too blue for this show, <laughs> but uh, let's just say I think he's a, well, I want to say young man, but he's not young. We find out that he's fairly old. Uh, I don't think he's the smartest. Well being my friend as long as he has i could have told you that um <laughs> but yeah go check out the panel discussion uh it's a i'm weird, here though uh, yeah i'm here <laughs> uh, matt and i and, and will uh it's our show uh where we talk about comic book related stuff but uh a lot of times the wheels fall off and other i guess we'll just call them characters of all kinds join us from t- uh all the time and we can't get rid of them so Including nope. Stooley Steve. There's an old prospector. Um, there's a, how would you describe the Baron? I mean, I mean, he's a Baron. He's famous. He's a Baron. He's, yeah. Uh, um, so a wild cast of characters. Please go check that out. Uh, it's a, it's a, honestly, it's one of my favorite things that, that I do. Um, don't tell that to Retro Papa, Retro Blister. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, this is Retro Pop. And this month, since it's the month of July, it's America. It's America's month. Uh, we thought we would um, isolate ourselves from the rest of the world that listens to us. <laughs> and we'll talk about some American legends. Good people. Good people. Good people. I yeah. know we're not. We're, they're not all good. Uh, American. Heroes. I would dare say Davy Crockett. That's who we're talking about today. Davy Crockett. Oh, I thought you meant Daniel Boone. What the heck? I know. I know. I know. Uh, we'll I'm cover good. him at some point. But Davy Crockett was kind of ahead of his time. And we'll, which is really weird to say since he was a frontiersman, but we'll get into it. A, a very interesting man, a very famous man, especially back in this time. Uh, it's rare when somebody back then uh, was famous for their lifetime when, they, when while they were actually alive. But 
hey, he was famous while he was live. So we'll get into that. Uh, this is going to be a fun time. Uh, Matt, let's get into our personal history with Davy Davy Crockett. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Fought single-handed through the engine war till the creeks was whipped and the peace was in store. While he was handling this risky chore, made himself a legend forevermore. Davy, he's the king Davey. of the wild frontier. Of course, growing up in school. Uh, I would hear the tales of Davy Crockett all the time. You know, I'm here in the South as well. And uh, closer to the mountains is where I live and I grew up. So uh, Davy Crockett's name would come up a lot. And, you know, I also uh, would stay with my grandparents a lot while my parents were working. And they would, of course, they would always watch the older movies and stuff. And they would watch my grandpa uh, love John Wayne. And John Wayne was in a little movie called The Alamo, and he may or may not have played a little character called David Crockett. So uh, I was a big fan of David Crockett. I always wanted one of those hats, those very famous hats made from a raccoon um, that that he was uh, was like one of his signature looks. Right? He had a he has a very signature look, and we'll find out later that uh, that was well calculated on his part. And oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll find all that out, but yeah, uh, I mean, I wanted one of those, you know, um, I wanted a fake one though. Cause I really raccoons are, I really love raccoons. I do would, too. They get a bad rap. Yeah, they do. Uh, but they're incredibly smart creatures. Um, and, uh, they, uh, uh, kind of freaky smart, honestly. So, uh, well, uh, but yeah, I always, of course, had heard of David Crockett. This might be the first time though, that I really, really dove into his life and uh it's it's honestly very fascinating so i can't wait to talk about more about david crockett what about you matt so i th- if memory serves me correctly i mean this, my first memory of davy crockett actually came from a, a book or um a series of books i i loved getting books as a kid um children's books i used to i used to get these you know these american heroes or folklore legends i had a johnny appleseed book um who surprised we're going to be covering next time on retro pop um, <laughs> great great first name for sure um oh what was it john henry the, the dude with the, the the hammers yeah the railroad tracks building the railroad tracks yes yeah. him paul bunyan and uh-huh. it was like a set of four different books and they're really cool illustrated. But Davy Crockett was, was, was one of those books. I wish I still had them. My parents are usually pretty good about keeping books. They might still be in my, my old <laughs> room in the attic. But, um, but, that, but that was my first you know thing. It was like this guy who was actually, um, he was actually real. Like he, like he actually, there, I think he, of all those folklore heroes, he's the only real one. To my, there might have been a Johnny Appleseed. Obviously, when we get to that episode, we'll there was a it. Johnny Appleseed. Yes, yes, he um, was a real person as well. But Davy Crockett was obviously the most, uh, you know, famous one. And then you, you you read about this in this book, 
and you know some of his adventures and then you hear that there he was like a real life person that he fought at the alamo so when i got to cover the alamo in high school or middle school and high school i was like wait, wait what this guy like this guy like it, it's it's all connected which for me, that's that's really cool stuff. So um, I've known about Davy Crockett since I was at least seven, we'll say seven years old. I've known known of him, um, and you know, doing research for this episode, I've got to learn a little bit more about him, who is an you know, like you said, avid frontiersman and a a, a legend um, in a sense that uh, his name is is well remembered, but I don't know if his story and 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 kind of what he did and meant. Um, you know, as, as I feel like that's often forgotten. So, um, yeah, he, uh, we'll mean, we'll get into it, but, uh, I think that especially going back through this, this, you know, and doing research for this, I discovered way more about, uh, the way he thought about other humans and stuff. And honestly, uh, uh, probably one of the le- uh, lesser selfish people. <laughs> it's like, uh, and we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to get into that. Um, there's a reason that he got so famous uh, besides uh, himself uh, really working his own image, but we'll get into all that. So but, and let's do that. Let's get into the history of Davy Davy Crockett. All right, Davy was born August 17th, 1786. All right, and here's one of the fun parts. Of course, uh, originally when the United States was being formed, the state of North Carolina also included Tennessee and it actually just kept going until I think it hits the Mississippi River. That's that was North Carolina originally. So when David Crockett is born, he's technically born in North Carolina. However, today where he was born is actually Tennessee. So that's how that works. Yeah. So he's actually Tennessee claims him, which I understand and they can. Uh, but when he was born, technically it was North Carolina. I'm saying that as a North Carolinian. So I've been incredibly biased. Damn. There. They got Jerry, the King Lawler, Dollywood, Dollywood and yeah. Davy Crockett. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they helped the careers of, uh, you know, Johnny Cash and Elvis. That's we got Nashville over there. They got Graceland. They got Jeff Jarrett. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're naming all the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there naming Elvis and Johnny Cash. You're naming the big ones. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett. Talk to talk, talk to me. You know, Jeff Jarrett, you know, a, a, an actual, um, you know, a, a media mogul and just this su- superstar, world traveling superstar. And he oh, sang. Yeah. And he sang. Yeah. yeah. And a country music star. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you. <laughs> And he knew how to prance, man. What a <laughs> yeah, quite oh, yeah. the stroke, some would say. Yeah, <laughs> some would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if he loved guitars or not. I couldn't tell. He <laughs> broke a bunch. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. All right, so of course, 
Uh, David Crockett's family was poor. Uh, they were considered sort of a pioneer family and they moved around often. Uh, they, and they would have many hardships, including at one point during his childhood, their homestead was actually flooded mm. and destroyed. And his father, John, would end up declaring bankruptcy in around like 1795. And that would be a major part of John and Davy's life early on is this being in debt. Um, the family was so in debt that um, John would put his son up, Davy, up for indentured servitude. And this was to help pay off the debt. Now, indentured servitude is uh, if you forget your schooling or if it's not a term you've heard before basically you could if you had a major debt to somebody you could work it off it's um, basically a nice way of saying slavery yes it's <laughs> it's if you it's if you were a slave but you had just a few more rights yes right? just, just just a, just just a, a few more. more and you had the benefit of being a white person that's basically uh that uh, but that was really big up north was was that and uh but a lot of the times it was not a pleasant uh, experience right because the other person pretty much sort of had dominion over you you had to do whatever you were told to work off this debt because you were indebted to them however luckily for davy he actually didn't mind working for the guy that he ended up working for it wasn't a terrible experience and uh, he would rather do that than go to school because he was enrolled in school, but uh, he kind of would run away all the time. <laughs> uh, he didn't like school. And on top of that, if he ever got in trouble at school, instead of like facing, uh, you know, the consequences of whatever he had done, he would just run off. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's just peacing out. I'm, I'm out. I'm gone. And he would do that a lot. And then he would come back home every once in a while and help his dad out. And that's kind of how his other life went. He would run away from home and he would come back and help his dad out. And then he would run off again and come back and help his dad out. That's sort of how his early life went there. Uh, it was during this time that he would meet, um, well, he would fall in love a couple of times, but it would never work out for him until he would meet uh, Polly Finley. And he would start a courting, as they say back then, right? He would come a courting. Uh, he wanted to marry her and he set his intentions. And there's a wild uh, wild thing uh, part of this though and you got to remember this is kind of before he's famous but uh, her parents did not approve of him <laughs> they were not fans of davy crockett they didn't think he'd be able to provide damn uh, they they knew the family he came from was not the you know they didn't have uh, you know they were they were poor like i said before but eventually uh, they kind of came around because they knew Polly wanted to marry him and they would get married in 1806 and they would, and she would pop out as the thing has the medical term. She'd pop out three kids and, just pop, pop, pop. and there they were just three uh, little crockets just running around. But uh, sadly about 1815, uh, Polly would pass away. Uh, but less than a year later, he would remarry the widow Elizabeth Patton and have three more kids. So he had six kids himself told that were his. Wow. Total. What a genetic jackhammer. Yeah, just bump them out. Like a Gatling gun over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now 
I bet you're asking yourself, well, when does the legend of David Crockett really start then? All right. Well, let's let's get into it. The first thing I need to kind of tell you about is the Creek War. Uh, this is a war that does not get talked about very often. It's kind of overlooked because during the same time was also the War of 1812. Yeah. Uh, these wars are kind of happening during the same time. And obviously the War of 1812 is the one that everybody talks about. It's the bigger war. But the Creek War was going on at the same time. It lasted about a year from 1813 to 1814. And basically the Creeks were a Native American tribe and they were kind of having a civil war with each other. Now, different parts of the Creek uh, tribes were warring with other parts and they were being backed up by countries like the United States backed up one side and you had like Britain. And I think it was, it might've been France. I don't remember this exactly, but the two other big name countries were backing up the other side, you know, uh, basically just allowing them to keep taking shots at each other. basically what it was, (laughs) Uh, but, but this it's during this war for this war that, Davy Crockett starts making a name for himself. And of course you have other names like Andrew Jackson becomes a big name during this. Uh, uh, but Jackson and Crockett would often be on opposite sides a lot of the times. So and we'll come back to that, but Crockett enlists and he will become a scout for uh, his regiment. And he really did not like shooting at people like, like, right. He, uh, he even said that he would much rather hunt for game, which is what he did mostly. Like he would go hunting to for game to feed the soldiers. And he said he was much more suited for that than he was for killing Creek warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't like doing that. And uh, he, it wasn't something that he relished at all. He'd much rather go shoot game and, and keep the soldiers happy. So uh, that's kind of what, what's happened during the Creek War. But like I said, while the Creek War is going on, you have the war of 1812 uh, and this is happening. So picture this, basically uh, the Creek war kind of ends, or at least David Crockett's part of it ends and he kind of goes home. But then during the same time, the war of 1812 is happening and the Tennessee militia gets asked to support the, the country for it and guess who suits back up for this david crockett so he wasn't even home that long right and he's like he's i'm going back i'm going back for it Uh, but again during this guess what he mostly did he mostly forged for food and hunted for food for the soldiers um and he was well liked right i mean how can you not like the guys giving you you know feeding you that's what i'm saying i've never been mad at somebody who's fed me before that's right. I mean, you feed me once, and guess what? Friends, full life. <laughs> I once dated a girl just because she uh, bought me a Subway sandwich. That's the most relatable thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> it only lasted two days, but um, I dated her. Good times. Two days of bliss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do say that. The way to a man's heart is through the stomach. And it's <laughs> definitely true in Matt and I's cases. Uh, so let's get to the war. Uh, he leaves. He's finally done with war, <clears throat> and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with himself. He sort he starts some of his own businesses, but you know he's he's discovered that he's really good at talking, and people listen to him. He's kind of discovered this little trick that he has, and by 1817 he becomes a commissioner for his area, and he actually helps. And this is like I said, this is kind of where Tennessee's getting formed. 
and they're starting to form counties in Tennessee. And he helps, uh, and he's one of the ones that helps set the boundaries for Lawrence County, Tennessee. Uh, you know, uh, so he's doing stuff like that. And then in the same year, November 25th, he goes on to become County Justice of the Peace. And then it's not even a year later, we're going to kind of go through these, all these, his political risings, because he rises through politics. Uh, March 27th, 1818, he gets elected Lieutenant Colonel of the 57th Regiment of the Tennessee Militia. Uh, by 1821, he resigns as commissioner and actually runs for a seat in the Tennessee General Assembly. And it's during this time that his legend starts to grow even more and more while he's campaigning and stuff like that. He's going around giving speeches and stuff, and newspapers are catching on to him and are starting to talk about this Davy Crockett. And he's noticing this, right? Uh, one thing to know about Davy Crockett is the reason that there's so many um like this is just an example of how he was aware of his image there's so many of uh, these uh, very famous paintings of him and the reason they all uh kind of get his likeness correct because he was very particular about it he wanted to make sure the painter got these certain uh, uh instincts about him like how he was dressed especially and how he looked he was very very particular about how he looked in paintings uh so uh just uh just know that there's a reason that you know when you think david crockett you already think of the hat and you think of the way he's dressed and he knows that uh, and he knew that and he was very aware of that and he ran with it uh <clears throat> it helps him stand out right he's not just some stuffy uh you know suited person you know uh, because a lot of his platforms was sticking up for the little guy right no uh, without a doubt he was a big advocate um for indian uh native american that's the correct term but um native american rights ironically yeah, enough yeah. so we'll get we're going to get to that um he um so he actually would uh you know just here's just a couple examples of his early things that he would push for and uh like he supported legislation to ease tax burdens on the poor you know he came from a poor family he knew how hard that was when you're just trying to get by and he really fought for the rights of impoverished settlers because he really related to that. I mean, that was his family growing up. Right. And uh, that really helps your name uh, grow, right? If people know you're fighting for them, of course, they're going to start talking about you and bringing your name up and uh, your legend will grow more and more. I mean, your Robin Hood literally stole from the rich you gave to the poor, right? <laughs> Technically a thief, but, you know. Uh, he meant well. He did well. Yeah. Uh, 1821. Um, tragedy was struck though, and this is just two weeks after he was elected to the General Assembly. The Tennessee River would actually flood and wipe out his homestead and his businesses and would really set him back, right? It just took out all everything. Um, luckily for him, his wife's dad would deed him some land and would really help them out. But if it wasn't for that, they would the family would be in a lot of trouble. Uh, but this kind of helps him too. Like he goes on to continue to fight for the impoverished, uh, which would continue to add, you know, to his legacy. And, uh, and we'll get into it too, but his tail grows and grows. And when we get to the, did you knows, you'll find out even more just how famous this man was, uh, in 1827, <clears throat> he gets elected for the first time to the seat, uh, uh, for a seat in the house of representatives. That's the big show right there, right? He's in the big time now. Uh, in 1830, this is just one of the things he tried. He tried to get West Point, the very famous West Point. He tried to get it uh, uh, abolished, 
because he thought it was a uh, that it was not right that there was public money going to this thing that was benefiting wealthy people, which mm. is pretty wild, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's unique uh, at that time. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, you know West Point is obviously a very famous, um, you know, a place where a lot of your uh, major American generals and stuff went to went and stuff like that but he's right it was mostly for people with money in 1830 and this is where we're getting into uh, the native americans and just how he actually felt about them um you gotta remember during this time this is when america is growing there's more and more people settling here and we're going more and more out west in 1830 is about um it's before the civil war it's a little uh, just civil war is about 30 years away and uh but he was the only member of the tennessee delegation to vote against andrew jackson's and this is what it was called this is what his thing was called the indian removal act and that's where uh they were just going to move the native americans onto reservations and stuff that's what i that think is. that was that's trail of tears kind of yes. time right there yep that um, leads to the trail of tears for the cherokee yeah uh, and this he's is fought against too. that. Yeah, because Andrew Jackson, I, I, you know, when you think about, I mean, even looking back retrospectively, one of the most popular presidents of all time. He was a war hero um, from the War of eighteen twelve, Battle of uh, New Orleans, and Jackson to to speak out, especially within your own party, too, was like, "Whoa, you just messed up. <laughs> you just yeah. spoke out." I guess not only your own party, but the president. How dare you? Um, yeah, and it was, which was something he did often. He often was not on the same side as Jackson. It, yeah. I mean, it happened all the time. Uh, suicide, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of was uh, because even though like the chief of the Cherokee would even write him a handwritten thank you letter, uh, uh, even his own area would not reelect him that time because of this. It was a very unpopular decision on his part. Yeah. Because people selfishly were like, well, I won't, you know, let's get rid of these people. Uh, they're, you know, I can have that land. Right. Right. And that's, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it, but that's, that's kind of America. That's uh, <laughs> kind of how America got started. I can say this because I'm like, uh, I do have Native American in my family, so I'm allowed to say this stuff. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, 1834, uh, he starts to add to his legend some more because guess what? He releases an autobiography. And uh, he, um, this autobiography is pretty great, by the way. There's a lot of really great excerpts in it that I encourage you to look up. It's hard to tell what's true and what's in being a storyteller a lot. Um, like one of his very famous quotes, I'll read it here in a minute. Uh, but we're kind of getting to the where he's about to go to Tennessee, uh, go to Texas, right? Uh, he goes, I told, this is his quote, I told the people of my district that I would serve them as faithfully as I had done. But if not, they might go to hell, but I will go <laughs> to Texas. Uh, which guess what? That's what he did. Basically what happened is they didn't elect him and somebody else got elected. And he said, well, the hell with you. <laughs> right. I'm going to Texas. Uh, I guess I'm going to Texas. And to Texas, he went. Uh, and as he traveled to Texas, he would put on a show, right? He's not just going to go, David Crockett's not going to Texas quietly. He's making sure you know he's going to Texas. <laughs> and that's what he does. He stops at different places like Alabama and, and such. 
on his way there. He's got troops with him that are following him everywhere he's going. Uh, everywhere he stops, newspapers would write about it, and, and he would actually draw crowds who would come just to hear him talk and speak. And he starts talking about, you know, uh, Texas having freedom, because uh, we're getting close to the Alamo, which is a previous episode on Retropop. Please go check that out. And he's talking about the Alamo, and we're really getting close to the to that. Um, so uh, by January 1836, he's now officially in Texas. Uh, his time in Texas didn't last very long, obviously, but, man, there's a lot of wild stuff that happens during this. I'm going to get into it in the Did You Know. I can't wait for you guys to hear this very last Did You Know, but it happens in Texas as well. Um, but basically, when he gets to Texas, he kind of promises – uh, and even, uh, I mean, even signs a paper promising that, hey, I'm here to help Texas and I'm going to stay here until the, you know, until Texas is free and he's going to help them out. Uh, and then February 8th, 1836, guess what? He arrives at the Alamo. And it wasn't that long after that, um, Santa Ana and his army attacks the Alamo. And we all know what happens there. Um, of course, this is where David Crockett dies. How he died is sort of a mystery and it's sort of itself legend, which makes sense because this man of is course. all about legends. All over the jump, top. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to jump into his legends. And did you know, uh, I mean, he even has his own song, but you know, he would live on in TV shows, movies, books, songs, music, all kinds of things. I mean, when you have, you know, John Wayne playing you, I think, uh, I think it means you're, <laughs> you're a pretty big name in history, right? <laughs> right partner uh but yeah so that's the life of david crockett on the did you knows we'll get into more of the legend of david crockett but in the meantime uh, i'm sure matt has some great things to tell us in matt's stats mr speaker fellow members of the congress of these united states i've stood before you a good many times in fights and fun and we've had a laugh or two for the good of the country and our own digestions. But you can fold up your grins and put them away, for you'll hear no jokes from Davy Crockett today. You have before you something called an Indian bill. I don't aim to keep you here much longer arguing about it. You've had enough of that already. But before it comes to a vote, I just want to remind you of something. Expansion is a mighty fine thing. Sure, we got to grow, but not at the expense of the things this country was founded to protect. The government's promises set out in the Indian treaties is as sacred as your own word. Expansion ain't no excuse for persecuting a whole part of our people because their skins is red and they're uneducated to our way. All right. Welcome to the Mad Stats portion of the show. And um, and I think like a lot of some of these historical figures, stuff's a little tight. I do have um, I do have some good stuff for you all to enjoy. So first and foremost, uh, one of the legends of Davy Crockett's death was uh, that his uh, it was actually a uh, uh, a former African American slave who was a personal cook for Santa Ana said that they found Davy Crockett's body surrounded by uh, no less than sixteen corpses um, with Crockett's knife buried in, in one of them. So um, if he went out, he went out swinging. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, we talked a lot about you know him being an avid hunter very successful uh hunter he was really great at um he, he knew the importance in, in the in the financial benefit of uh pelt uh meat and oil and uh he went on a terror he messed up uh he 
on record that he killed 105 bears in a seventh month, seven month period. Yeah, we'll so. talk about this now because this is my digi nose. That's in his book. He writes that in his autobiography that in less than a year he would he killed over a hundred bears. Yes, that's uh, that's what he says. The, um, I'm keen to believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I'm not pretty, gonna, I'm not gonna say otherwise. Yeah, that's a pretty big number, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this. I think if you haven't actually seen a bear in person, you don't realize how big they are. They are humongous. They're very scary. Seen a couple at a zoo before, and they're adorable. Um, I've seen them in the woods, and they are not as adorable. Oh, uh, my uncle apparently got chased by a bear once, and while hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Funny stuff. He always well, he has a ton of stories. <laughs> Where I'm at, I'm kind of, this area is considered the foothills. It's like right as the mountains are getting started. Yeah. We don't have as many bear here, but literally you just go up like 20, 30 minutes away and you'll see them and they are, they can get big, man. They're yeah, pretty big things. Scary. Um, according to American Hunter, which I believe is a book or some kind of magazine, uh, Davy Crockett's largest recorded kill was a 617 pound bear that uh, he came across in West Tennessee. Um, and then little, little known fact, Davy Crockett was a really successful baseball player. (laughs) He was, uh. he was see, he may have died at the Alamo, but he was born again in October 5th, 1875 in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And he played baseball for one year. Um, Oh, well, professionally professionally oh, for wow, yeah. the uh for the detroit tigers oh i bet he was good no actually i i he, he only hit the ball 29 times um oh 28 games it's not bad that's not bad hey that's a hit a game right that's good it's not bad all right if you haven't caught on by now it's not the same david crockett yeah it's a, it's a- <laughs> A guy who played professional baseball, his name was also. <laughs> yeah. Crockett. There's uh there's not a whole lot on Davy Crockett. You know, <laughs> the only other thing, that election that he lost, um, you know, after he advocated for of the real David Crockett, he only lost by like five hundred something votes. Yeah. Um when he when he lost that election because of his uh dissent with the Whig party. But um other than that, it's pretty tight about Davy Crockett. As far as um, uh, statistics and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, great, great hunt, uh, hunter, frontiersman, and um, yeah, big time hero. So, on that note, that is it for Matt's stats. Let's head on over to a very exciting and much anticipated Johnny's. Did you know? Now he lost his love and his grief was gall in his heart. He wanted to leave it all and lose himself in the forest tall. But he answered instead to his country's call. Davy, Davy Crockett, beginning his campaign. All right, here we go. Uh, The first thing we'll talk about is... How come he got so famous and so big, right? Uh, even during his own lifetime. Uh, because there was a play called The Lion of the West. It was a very popular play. And obviously, this is before television and before radio. So one of your big entertainments was 
plays, right? And this play debuted in 1831, and uh, it traveled around. It went all over the place. And while his name is never actually said, they never say the name Davy Crockett in the play, it's quite clear that the main hero uh, is inspired by Davy Crockett. Uh, and Davy Crockett uh, realized this, and I think he would eventually see the play too, but he would realize this and he would play on this, right? He would take the things this thing would say and just run with it. And that really helped his legend to grow even more. Uh, of course, there's this very famous song. I'm sure most of you have heard, uh, you know, Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, that thing. Uh, it's got a lot of lines in it that are a part of the legend of Davy Crockett. Uh, we already talked about him claiming that he killed 105 bears in one year. Uh, but, uh you know, uh, he was also said that he killed a bear uh, when he was three years old. And we don't know if that's true. I kind of doubted. I mean, he's only three, but that's unless they thing. set up the bear, which would make me really sad. <laughs> yeah, be really sad. I would actually be I would kind of hate Davy Crockett if they set up. I would hate his bear. parents more because I would. Cause he yeah, that's true. Old. He is three yeah. and he doesn't know. Yeah, uh, but that's one of the things that are claimed. Uh, it's also claimed, of course, and we know this isn't true, uh, that he single-handedly whipped the creeks. Uh, like that's one of the lines in one of the songs. Um, obviously, it's not true. First of all, uh, he fought on the side of half of them. And the other thing is he didn't even like shooting at people. He would much rather, uh, and he spent most of his time hunting for game during this. Uh, one of the, my favorite ones, one of the legends, is that he patched up the crack in the Liberty Bell. Uh, which we know is not true because that crack, guess what? It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so if he patched it up, he did a really poor job of it. Uh, oh my God. So wait, wait, hold on. So I hold. <laughs> so is he like 1800s Chuck Norris? Yes. That's a great, <laughs> that is a great way to look at it. Yes. You know how we went through that time where like people were joking about the legend of Chuck Norris, how he could do all these ridiculous things. That's sort of the same thing as David Crockett back then. Yeah. David I'm, Crockett was the first the first Chuck Norris. Move over, Johnny Appleseed, Chuck Norris episode yeah. coming up in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta realize that during this time there's not uh television, there's not 24-hour news and all this stuff, there's not uh, social media following uh, these famous people's every uh, you know, waking moment and stuff. So, um, they're kind of a, they can kind of build their own legends in a way. So is that okay? Hold on, let's roll it back even more. So that play that really propped him up is that his version of Walker Texas Ranger? Is that his? his like, well, he didn't sing the theme song, <laughs> and because uh, when, you, but I do think that when he was in Texas, he did look behind him because Matt, guess what? That's where a ranger's going to be. Dude, I, I I don't know what if I, I oh wait, no, we got a theme for all. He had nothing to do with the play, to be fair. <laughs> uh, that play uh, had nothing to, uh, like, like I said, they never even said his name in that play. He didn't even know of it when it first started, but he definitely took advantage of it. I'll say that. Right. Yeah. It's like if, uh, if somebody puts out a podcast called The Legend of Retro Pop. And then all they do in their podcast is talk about how great man you are. Uh, I'm going to uh, be telling people, hey, go listen to that podcast. <laughs> right? Fair. I just I just had to clarify because this is uh, this is 
I I want to do a, a Chuck Norris episode now. Not, not not two weeks, but at some point soon. Yeah. Oh, I want to do that anyway, even before this. <laughs> um, and of course, he and did he really dress the way that people see him dressing with the, you know, with that hat and uh, the jacket and stuff? Yes, he did. Not all the time, but when he was making like appearances and stuff, he most certainly made sure he had a certain look about him. Uh, so, uh, but I wanted to end this on a very weird thing that happened to him in Texas um, during this time, the way that you, uh, well, of course he's away from his family when he's going down to Texas and how you keep in touch is you write letters, right? So this is a very infamous letter that he wrote to, I think it's supposed to be his brother-in-law or something like that. Um, but the letters addressed to Abner Burgeon. I think it's like his brother. It's somebody related to him somehow. Okay. But I'm going to read you this letter and uh just let you decide what it's about uh william and i were pushing through some thicket clearing the way when i sat down to mop my brow i sat for a spell watching as million made his good and fine progress i removed my boots and sat with my rations thinking the afternoon a fine time to lunch as the birds whistled and chirped and I ate my small and meager ration. I tapped my axe upon the opposite end of the felled tree I rested upon. Whether it was the axe's disturbance or possibly the heat of the high sun, which caused an apparition to slowly form in front of my eyes, I know not. As a Christian man, I swear to you, that what spirit came upon me was the shape and shade of a large ape man. The likes we might expect among the more bellicose and hostile tribes of the territories. The shade formed into the most deformed and ugly countenance, covered in wild hair with small and needling eyes, large broken rows of teeth, in the height of three foundlings, I spit upon the ground the bread I was eating. And we're not done yet. This tale gets even more wild. So, of course, is he seeing Bigfoot? Uh, I think so. But it gets, uh, it gets more wild here. The monster then addressed a warning to me. It talks to him, Matt. It told me to return from Texas, to flee this fort, and to abandon this lost cause. When I began to question this, the creature spread upon the wind like the morning steam swirls off a frog pond. I swear to you that whatever meat or sausage disagreed with me that afternoon, I foreswore all beef and hog for a day or so afterward. <laughs> and that is something that people claim means that he saw Bigfoot. Uh, now, of course, this is not without controversy. Uh, uh, this was during times of legend, like I said. Did he even actually write this letter, or is it just some people apply to him? Uh, on top of that, even if let's say this letter is true, that he, he wrote it, he even says that uh, he was really hot and he'd been working very hard, and he doesn't even know if it's what he was really seeing. Maybe he was seeing things. Like There's all kinds of things here. But I just thought it was wild that we, even in the legend of David Crockett, uh, and by the way, also, side note, Daniel Boone 
also has one himself, and we'll get into that uh, later when we do a Daniel Boone episode. But there's a Bigfoot sighting in David Crockett's uh, possible legend. Mm. See, I heard that, and I'm like, Bigfoot or or he's a Jedi, and he got a... He got a force ghost appearance from, from a Sasquatch Ooh. that told him to get out. I like it. What if all Sasquatch are just force ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we can't find them, right? <laughs> We've solved it. We solved I think it. We did. Retro Pop saved the day. All right. Well, so. let's get into where David Crockett stands uh, in today's pop culture. Well, here it goes. My honorable opponent knows I ain't much shucks at speech fine. It's mighty kind of him to let me get up and speak first so he can make a lie out of everything I say. <laughs> Truth is, I don't know nothing at all about politics. I'll leave that up to him. But I do know the folks in the woods. And if you send me to Nashville, I'll represent you as honest as I can. Hooray! And that's all I got to say. If this here speech seems a mite brief, looks like my worthy opponent's all set to make up for it. <laughs> and if this speech is going to be as dry as I think it is, hey, we better go over to Tyron and wet her whistles with a little Mountain Dew. Uh, obviously, I think his legend's going to always be there. It's something I think they'll always kind of tell small school children. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, we'll continue to get little things about him. Like maybe, um, I know every once in a while, like the History Channel will do, um, you know, uh, different periods of time. They'll do like little reenactments of those. And um, maybe he'll be one of the characters in those and stuff like that. So I think um, I would not be shocked if another documentary comes out not too long from now about David Crockett or involving David Crockett, that type of thing. Uh, it's a name that everybody, I think, <laughs> and their mom is heard of, uh, which is pretty impressive, uh, you know, uh, considering because he was never president or anything like that. And in reality, he didn't have a super long life, and it ended abruptly and short. And um, But, man, what a legend. What a legend. I think, uh, you know, I was mentioning before that it would be a lot harder to do this in today's time because of, you know, 24-hour news. And, and yeah and uh you know social media and i think this kind of relates to pro wrestling for me in a way too in that if i was a pro wrestler i think that i would try to force myself to do way way less social media just because i'd want that mystique to kind of be there right i don't want people to wonder i don't want to kind of give things away uh so much but um and I think David Crockett was kind of that way. He was very aware of his legend. He was very aware that he was famous and he used that to help himself, which I don't blame him whatsoever. And uh, he, and then he's definitely not the first famous person to do that, to use their fame, but uh, he's well aware of what people perceived him as. And um, he had a certain way he wanted to be perceived. Uh, I just think it'd be harder today to do, but it can be done because I do think there's a lot of famous people who are good. Because, you know, it's really shocking now when, you know, uh, when anybody doesn't have social media. Like I remember when I first met Will for the panel discussion and, and I was like, well how, well, how do I keep in touch with you? And actually, 
had to actually get his phone number because yeah. he doesn't do social media. Yeah. And that's just such a, you know, it's just a, I kind of admired him for it. He cuts his grass with one of those like fifties, like those rotating blade things. Oh, well now he's just being, now he's just being pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he has a really small yard and then I'll take no, that kind of too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah. So I kind of think his legend's always going to be there. I mean, the same thing with, with Daniel Boone and, and Johnny Appleseed, these legends are always going to be there. What about you, Matt? Um, I really like what you said about the the, the social media media's like stuff. Like I can picture David Crockett being like, "Oh, just killed, just killed my, just killed, just killed that black bear selfie." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it, it would be an interesting one. But um, you know, I actually really admire who he was because he didn't like you let his fame get in the way of who he was as a person. Like, like, I feel like famous people with seemingly bloated stories like um, like the force ghost Sasquatch and some of these other things, these weird out of the like, I feel like they would duck and and stay away from conflicts like that, being like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to use my fame and money, 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 money. He stayed true to himself and what he believed in. And, you know, he, he didn't have to go fight at the Alamo. He didn't have to. But he did um, because he's kind of like he was one of those people who uh, who talks the talk and walks the walk, which I actually admire. Yeah. He could have um, easily he was so famous. They could have easily just said, hey, Texas should be free, but then not have gone to the Alamo. He could have easily done that. Yes. No, 100 percent. We see we see people just do talk the talk, but don't walk the walk yeah, all the that's, time. That's today. me. All that's me to a T. I will <laughs> I will say some really great stuff, but don't please don't ask me to back it up. I'm very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, I think with the way that the the Wild West and the and the frontier has been romanticized, that that Davy Crockett's name will forever be affiliated with it. Um you know, it is the coonskin hats. That's people love that stuff. And it, you know, if you look at people interested in history, I feel that is always going to be tied to um, Davy crack. And I know growing up while the, the wild West and such were, were, were very, very intriguing stuff to me. And um, I just, I, I always, you know, the, the frontiersmen like Davy crack were, were kind of the faces of that Um you know, manifest destiny, so to speak. So I think he will be, you know, around forever. We haven't had, I don't know if we had any new Davy Crockett. Uh, yeah. Who would be the, the who would live be the action Davy stuff of today? To, yeah. That's a great question because you did kind of compare him to Chuck Norris, which I think was, I would go with that. It has to be somebody like Chuck Norris, right? The, there's a legend there. I think um, maybe Bruce Lee would kind of be there a little bit. Someone who's, Passed away not too long ago, and her legend kind of continued to grow. Yeah, that type of thing. Man, I'm trying to. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm sure if we thought hard enough, yes, absolutely, there would be. Uh, <clears throat> there's 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 definitely people who are uh, who embody that. But yeah, it's I definitely definitely don't want him to you know to be forgotten because he is he is great, um, great character. People are so weird with U.S. history, though, so I, I always get worried. But, um, but yeah, we haven't really had any new like media stuff to kind of appreciate. You know, no TV, no movies. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying that he's that if you dug into his life, you wouldn't find something to, that wouldn't be 
great today. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I'm not going to go that far, but I do think it really helps him that he was always there fighting for poor people and for obviously he voted against that Native American thing. And that really helps his legacy a lot in today's eyes, I think. I think so too. But again, yeah. nobody, nobody talks about that. Nobody really talks about that. So, no. um, you know, a, a frontier legend, uh, it, definitely deserving of an episode for this month when it comes to uh, American legends. And I'm really glad that you got to talk about him because I don't think I'd ever talk about him in any other podcast uh, or to, even without a podcast. I don't think I'd ever really get a chance to talk about Davy Crockett. So thank you for that, Johnny. Well, that's what I'm here for. Who are you going to give me a chance to talk about next time on Retropop, Matt? Uh, yes, as we said, Johnny Appleseed, we're going to talk about him and figure out what the heck, uh, is the real story behind Johnny Appleseed. What's with all these apples? <laughs> <laughs> so it should be fun. You know, he's not Johnny Appleseed, another timeless one that, you know, I, he made me want to eat apples for a little bit. Obviously, um, if you look at me, I have not had an apple in a considerable amount of time, maybe doing this episode, um, maybe doing this episode or fruits for that matter, but maybe doing this episode, I may pick up an apple or two and keep the doctor away. So, yeah, I uh, do like apples, but I definitely don't eat them very often, which is weird because I like them. I just don't eat them very much. I eat water There's only certain ones. There's only certain ones I, I, I enjoy. It's got to be just yeah. right. Yeah, but, I'm with you. Like you, uh, you put a watermelon in front of me. I'm going that thing's going to be gone. <laughs> I love a good a good cold watermelon oh, uh, on yeah. a hot day. That's mm-hmm. that's the stuff right there. But it's cookout. Yeah, it's it's fantastic yeah. cookout food. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But this was uh David Crockett for Retro Pop. Thank you for listening. Very much very much appreciate each and every one of you. For Matt, I'm Johnny. Until next time, um uh stay poppy. <laughs>